0: Okay, uh, turn to uh, two passages of Scripture, Luke chapter 4 and Matthew 8. And by the way, thank you, thank you, thank you for bringing your Bibles to church. It's so wonderful when I say turn to that I hear pages turning, uh, or iPhones clicking, whichever it is. (laughs) Luke chapter 4, and then put a marker at Matthew chapter 8. We're in our series called 2020 God's Vision for My Life. And uh, we are using our vision statement, we'll do this seven weeks, there are seven words in our vision statement. And I want us to actually read the statement together. And I think we'll probably continue with doing this, because I, I know it's, it might be difficult to memorize, but I think we can. It's not a little catchy uh, uh, tune to it, but it's still uh, important, each word. So, let's read this together, all right? Read this with me. To see people say, all right, let's start over here. (laughs) All right, read it enthusiastically. You ready? To see people say, healed, set free, discipled, equipped, empowered, and serving. Now, this is extremely important, and the reason is so many churches are trying to disciple and equip people that have not been healed and set free. It is very important, the order of this. So, last week we talked about saved, and this week we want to talk about healed, all right? So, Luke chapter 4, look at verse 16. So, He, Jesus, came to Nazareth where He had been brought up. And as His custom was, He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath. Notice, He went to the church where He used to be in Sunday school, and stood up to read verse 17 and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah and when he opened the book he found the place where it was written the spirit of the lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor they're saved that's what we talked about last week he sent me to heal the brokenhearted that's healed to proclaim liberty to the captives that's set free And then he goes back in and talks about healing and being set free again, that's how important it is. And recovery of sight to the blind, healing, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, again being healed and set free, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now listen to me, it is extremely important that we understand these three things that we're going to talk about last week, next week, and this week. Jesus told the disciples when He sent them out to do three things, preach the gospel, heal the sick, cast out demons. Listen, preach the gospel, heal the sick, cast out demons. First three words of our vision statement, saved, healed, set free. We need to understand this. And remember the Greek word that we talked about last week for saved means so-so, or is is so-so, it means to be made whole. It means to be made whole, spirit, soul, and body. So we talked about last week about being saved passed in, in our spirits, and that our souls are being made whole, that our bodies will be made whole. I want to talk to you about being healed this week. We've already been healed in our spirits. If you're saved, your spirit's been healed. But what about the healing of your soul, and what about the healing of your body? So we're going to talk about physical healing and emotional healing, all right? So here's number one. Number one, physical healing, physical healing. What does the Bible say about physical healing? Does God want us healed, or does God want us sick? Before we read the Word on it, let me ask you a, a question. All the campuses, I want everyone to answer this question by raising your hand. How many of you know someone right now that needs to be physically healed? Can I see your hands? Apparently, this is pretty important. <laughs> it lo- that looked like 100% to me, so much like the death rate, so we, we need to. Apparently, this is important to all of us. So let's read what the Bible says about healing, all right? Now I'll get to Matthew 8 in just a moment. Let me read you a few other scriptures first. Exodus 15 verse 26, and said, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in His sight, give ear to His commandments and keep all His statutes, I will put none, notice the word none, of the diseases on you which I brought on the Egyptians, For I am the Lord who heals you. Now, this is a time when God is not just simply saying what He does, but who He is. He's actually saying, I am Jehovah Rapha. This is one of my names. God reveals Himself through His names in the Old Testament. And He says, one of my names is that I am Jehovah Rapha. That's what it is in the Hebrew. I am the Lord who heals you. Another time He says, I am Jehovah Nissi, which means your banner, or the one who covers you and protects you. I am Jehovah Jireh, the one who provides for you. I am Jehovah Shalom, the one who gives you peace. What God is doing when He says this is He is declaring not just what He does, but who He is. I want you to know who he is. He is a healer. I am the Lord who heals you. And this reference is not referring spiritual healing. He is talking about sickness and disease. I'll put none of the diseases on you which I put on them, for I am the Lord who heals you. This is talking about physical healing. Exodus 23, 25, you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of you. I will take sickness away from the midst of you. Deuteronomy 7:15. The Lord will take away from you all sickness. Notice the word all again. And will afflict you with none of the terrible diseases of Egypt which you have known. Psalm 103 verses 2 and 3. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all. One version says none. Forget none of his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. I want you to notice what you just saw in your Bible or in the Bible. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. Listen carefully. Who forgives all your iniquities. I have a question for you, all the campuses. Do you believe that God forgives all your iniquities? Then why would you not believe the second part of the verse? Why would you believe one part of the verse, the very same verse, and not forget and not believe the second part? Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases? Isaiah fifty-three. This is a messianic psalm, a messianic uh, prophecy in the Old Testament. Isaiah fifty-three, verse four says, "Surely, surely, there's no doubt about this. He has borne our griefs." Now I put in parentheses the word "sicknesses," and I'll tell you why in a moment and carried our sorrows, and I put in the parentheses, infirmities. Here's the reason I did that. In the Hebrew, that's what those words mean. Surely he has borne our griefs. That Hebrew word means sicknesses. As a matter of fact, that Hebrew word is in the Old Testament 24 times. 24 times. 20 of those times it is translated sicknesses. 20 of those times. It's translated sicknesses. But we know that it means sicknesses because the New Testament quotes this verse. The New Testament. Because some of you might even say, well, you're reading Old Testament verses. Well, let me read you a New Testament verse that quotes this verse and talks about Jesus and watch the, ver- the word that it uses. Matthew 8, verse 16. When evening had come, they brought to Him many who were demon-possessed. And He cast out the spirits with the word and healed all all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. He bore our sicknesses. This is quoting the verse that we just read. Now, I have a question for you. Did we just see in our Bibles that it says that Jesus bore our sicknesses? Did we see that? Okay, seven of you think so. Did, did you see that Scripture? Jesus, He bore our sicknesses. Do you see that? Yes. Okay, my question for you is, why do you want to bear them? I mean, if He's already borne our sicknesses, why would we want to bear those sicknesses? Two more Scriptures, Matthew 4, verse 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria. Watch this. And they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments and those who were demon possessed, epileptics and paralytics and he healed them. And one more scripture it's very important to this conversation. Hebrews 13:8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. If He healed in the Old Testament, and He healed in the New Testament, He heals today. God can't change. And one thing I want you to understand is Jesus was not a sensationalist. He never healed people to draw attention to Himself. As a matter of fact, many of the people that He healed, He told them, don't tell anyone. So, He never did it to draw attention to Himself. He did it because He cared about people. He also didn't do it, as some popular theology says, He healed people to prove He was the Messiah. Listen, He didn't have to prove anything. He wasn't trying to prove He was someone, He was being who He was. And when He came to people who needed the Gospel, He preached the Gospel. And when He came to people who needed to be healed, He healed them. And when He came to people who were in bondage, He set them free. Because that's what God does. He saves, He heals, and He sets free. It's very important to understand this. When I read scriptures on healing, I can feel our sensors going up. Wonder where he's going with this. Wonder what kind of church this is. Wonder if it's one of those churches. Now, I just want to talk about this for a minute. Do you realize that I just read the Bible and something in you rose up? We were just reading the Bible. It's because of our tradition sometimes. And also sometimes it's because there is an integrity situation in us that we have seen excesses in the body of Christ. And some of the excesses that we have seen have been by people who believed in physical healing. So, some of it could even be a good, well, wait, 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 now what is he saying? What, what you, okay, let's talk about physical healing for a moment. It, it's important to understand that there are a couple of excesses I want to address. There are a couple of excesses I'll name, but I'm not going to address them. Two excesses, one is God uh, heals everyone. The other is God doesn't heal today or God doesn't heal anyone. Those are excesses. They don't line up with Scripture. Here are two other excesses though that I want to address. One is that God can heal everyone, but He chooses to heal whom He will. He chooses to heal a few people, but He doesn't choose to heal other people. Here's the problem with that. It places the blame on God if a person doesn't get healed. In other words, Lord, I prayed for my loved one, and you didn't heal my loved one, but you healed her loved one. And I don't understand what the difference was. I don't understand why you would choose to heal her loved one, but you wouldn't choose to heal my loved one. Do you not love my loved one as much as I do? And as much as you love the other person's loved one? So, it places blame on God. Here's the second excess. God has already healed everyone through the cross, and those with enough faith can receive it. In other words, if you don't get healed, you don't have the faith. It places blame now on the person. Now, listen to me carefully, because this goes in so many arenas theologically for us to understand. Blame is from the devil. Blame, shame, and condemnation came into this world with the fall. It it was the very first thing that Adam and Eve did after the fall. Do you remember? God came to Adam and said, did you eat the fruit? The woman you gave me gave it to me. And, And she was naked at the time. It was very difficult to say no, God. I just want you to know that. And then he says to the woman, did you eat the fruit? Uh, the, The devil did it, God. Immediately they begin to blame. Listen, when we talk about physical healing, any doctrine or any dogma that begins to put blame is not from God. Stop blaming God for people that don't get healed and stop blaming the people. Let me tell you what the answer is. We live in a fallen world. That that is, it is amazing how many things about the Bible and about life we could understand that we just live in a fallen world. We're always trying to put the blame somewhere. Always. We drive to work and get a flat tire, and we want to blame God. God, why would you do this to me? I, I know why. I didn't do my devotional this morning. That's why. And then, so then you blame you. Now let me tell you why you got a flat tire. There was a nail in the road. <laughs> we live in a world, a natural world, a fallen world. And so many times we always want to blame. Listen, all through scripture and I don't I just didn't have time to go through all the scriptures, but just to note one, the Bible combines the forgiveness of sins and the healing of sickness. We read one Psalm 103 who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. 1 Peter 2, 24 says, who bore our own sins on the cross, he bore our sins on the cross, who by his stripes were healed. So it combines forgiveness and healing. Listen to me carefully. Jesus did die for all of your sins. He paid for your sins, and he broke the power of sin. He also broke the power of sickness. He broke the power of sin. Listen to me, though. Since you've been saved, have you sinned? And if you say no, that's a lie, and you just sinned. (laughs) Jesus broke the power of sin over my life. But I'm I'm saved by living in a fallen world. I still make mistakes. I'm not perfect yet. Okay, our bodies aren't perfect yet either. We live in a fallen world. He broke the power of sickness, but we live in a fallen world. We still get sick. But listen to me carefully. That does not mean that He doesn't still heal (laughs) It doesn't mean that the Bible's not true, that we can pray and believe and receive God's healing. Steve Doolin and I prayed for a pastor about a month ago that had a a tumor the size of a a grapefruit in him. We prayed for him. He went to the doctor that week. It was completely gone. Completely (laughs) gone. Gone. God still heals. Physical healing. Here's number two, emotional healing emotional healing. Now remember the two phrases, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Uh, That word oppressed means bruised. It it means to be bruised or crushed or shattered. Matter of fact, the old King James says to set at liberty those who are bruised. It, It means it's a wound, it's a hurt, but here's what I want you to notice. To set at liberty or to set free Those who've been wounded, those who've been bruised, those who've been hurt. Let me tell you what that means. It means that past wounds can hold you in bondage. Past hurts and wounds that have not been healed hold you in bondage. He said, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He's not talking about our physical hearts. He's talking about our emotions. And every one of us here have had our hearts broken. Every one of us, through through a relationship, many through relationships with other people. Some romantic relationships. Some have lost marriages, and we've had our hearts broken. Some uh, have had our hearts broken in a a familiar relationship. Someone in our family, a parent or a child or a sibling, has broken our heart at some time or another. A friendship relationship. Some of times we've had our hearts broken through harsh words that people have said to us. it, It just breaks our heart. That, that happens. We've had our hearts broken over a loved one, going away from God, or, or, or making a mistake and being hurt through that mistake. We've had our hearts broken through a tragedy or a disappointment. We had our hearts set on a new job or a new house or a, or, or a new career or something, and we, and we didn't get it, and our heart was broken. Here's the good news. He came to heal the brokenhearted. Do You know the worst word in the English language, in my opinion, cope cope. You just need to learn to live with it. No, you need to be healed. Jesus never said, I came so that you could cope with life. He said, I came so you could be set free. I came so I could heal you. Listen, Jesus can do for you what the psychiatrist can't do. He can do it. I promise you. But you've got to come to Him and to be healed. And here's what happens. When we have a hurt, it causes us to go into bondage. We begin to to, uh, try to control our circumstances and people around us so we don't get hurt again. There there are two major responses to, to being hurt. And by the way, every time we're hurt, there's a rejection. Every one of us here can relate to rejection. Now, let me tell you what we do with rejection. One is we try to control people so they won't reject us. Which actually causes them to reject us. And then we say, see, it happened again. And so, what we do then is develop more sophisticated forms of control and more subversive forms of control. We're going to try to do it a little more where people can't tell that I'm actually controlling them. But we are. And then the other thing that we do is that we become a people pleaser because we don't want to be rejected. And we'll just do anything to get to to please you so, so you just won't reject me because it hurts so much when you reject me. And here's what happens, we have people pleasers, and we have manipulators and controllers, and listen to me carefully, I'm going to say something really strongly, they normally get married. Now, I'm not saying get out of the marriage, by the way, I'm saying get healed. Most, not some, not a few, and I'm an expert in this area, most marital problems could be solved if both parties would get emotionally healed. Allow God to heal your hurts. And, and let me give you some ways to know if you've if you got hurts that haven't been healed. Okay, now you'll laugh at some of these, and then you'll, you'll be like, oh, that's me. Okay, <laughs> so, but, but here's some ways to know if, you've been, if, if, if you have an emotional hurt. When, when someone tries to point out an area of your life, they say, you, you know, you, 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 uh, you, you have a, a, this area of your life that's weak. Here's what Here's what you do if you're unhealed. So do you. So do you. You do that too. So do you. You you don't want to focus. You know why you don't want to focus on it? Because it hurts. It hurts. So, as soon as someone starts to touch it, the rejection is so deep that you immediately – I've I've got to get them off that subject. It's like a a, a broken bone. You know, you don't want to touch a broken bone. It's like you go to the doctor, and the doctor says, does it hurt when I put Yes, it hurts when you push there. It would seem like your years of medical training would inform you of that. That's what happens. Someone says, uh, do do you have a a wound here? Yes, I have a wound there. Don't touch that. That's what we do. So, we we say, you do too. I I remember I said to a guy, I said, do you realize that you get accusatory when someone tries to correct you? He said, you do too. (laughs) I I said, I think you just proved my point. Or, or here's, here's, here's another one, uh, someone will say, um, now don't forget before you do this to do this. I know that. I know. You know why you're saying I know? Because it, it makes it it's something in your past, someone put you down and made you feel like an idiot, and so when they remind you to do something, you say, well, I, I know it made, it made you feel bad. And so you walk around, I, I know to watch my mirrors when I bark back out of the garage, you think I'm an idiot? You know. <laughs> And they're just saying, hey, just don't don't forget now, don't forget to do this. I know. And why do you do that? Because you have hurts. Because it wasn't that person saying, don't forget. It was that your dad said it to you all the time. And it made you feel like an idiot. You understand what I'm saying? We, we have these hurts, we have these wounds, and these hurts and wounds cause us to have an area of bondage in our lives that God doesn't want you to live that way. That's what I'm trying to tell you, He doesn't want you to live that way. Now here's what you do though, you can't just say to someone who has a broken bone, get over it. You can't do that, just, just get, get over it, it's okay, get, just get over it. You can't do that. You can't do that to someone who has a broken heart. For a broken bone to heal, it has to be set. So it can mend. incredible. By the way, that right there shows that God designed physical healing and wants us healed because He designed our bodies to heal themselves. But things have to become—things have to be put in alignment. Okay, it's the same with a hurt, past hurt, or wound. Listen to me. You, in the, if you have a broken bone, you have to go to an expert to set it. Listen, we have experts in the area of inner healing and deliverance. In our freedom ministry, and our kairos ministry, we can help you. We can set those bones, those spiritual bones, so that they could mend. Just like the woman who was talking about who was in bondage to fear, and when Jesus came and healed that, she doesn't look at people the same way or have those same thoughts. And if you've ever experienced that, even in one area of your life, you know what it's like and you know how good it is. Why not get it in the other areas of your life? By the way, this Wednesday night at the South Lake campus, we begin freedom ministry again, after the first of the year, okay? So this Wednesday night, you can come. And, and in three weeks, by the way, in three weeks, we're doing freedom ministry at the Frisco campus. So please, please, please let us help you. I, I had a person help me. I had so many hurts and wounds you can't imagine, you can't imagine the, the rejection that I had growing up, the insecurity, the inferiority, The fear, the anger, the bitterness, the resentment, all because of hurts and wounds. I put inner healing next to salvation when I talk about my experiences with God that helped me the most. And and I will say this, I would never have been able to experience deliverance being set free if I hadn't been healed. Because much of my bondage related to my hurts and wounds. And, And notice even in our vision statement, we have healed before we have set free. So, I went to a guy who was an expert in this area. And uh, he began to allow the Holy Spirit to bring memories to my mind that he wanted to heal. And we began to put those memories under the blood and allow the Holy Spirit to touch those memories and heal those memories. And and I met with this guy uh, that I remember, and it may have been longer than this, but I remember at least two sessions, three hours each session, with just the Holy Spirit and Jesus touching memory after memory after memory after memory. And one of the memories was, uh, several of the memories that I had, I couldn't even remember them at first. Matter of fact, the Lord would give this guy a picture or something, and he would share it, and it would remind me of a memory. And he said, I see a little boy on a playground, and he's crying because uh, he, he can't speak correctly. He has like a speech impediment, and the kids are making fun of him. And when he said it, it flooded back to me. I remembered it. I remembered it. When I was growing up, when I was young, I couldn't pronounce my R's. Now, if your name is Tom Lane, and you can't pronounce your R's, you can make it through life. But when your name is Wabat Mois, thank you so much for laughing at that. uh, No, I've been healed. I've been healed. So, just laugh all you want. (laughs) Listen, when you… When you can't pronounce your R's and you got your first and last name have four R's in them and you've just moved to a new town and you just started a new school and you're six years old it's traumatic and it hurts and demons just come and they just jump on that and they just make you feel like trash and they get ground and we can't get them out until we get the wound healed. Jesus came to save you and to heal you. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. We want to pray for you today. At every campus, all of our campuses, we have leaders that want to pray for you. We've already had people healed this weekend, physically healed this weekend. We've had people get free from some things, some hurts, some wounds, some bondages. Now I still want to encourage you, even after prayer, to go through uh, uh, freedom ministry in Kairos, because there are many, many things. But there could be a debilitating fear, a, a rejection, an anger, something that you have, that you're dealing with. You say, I just can't get rid of it. It just keeps coming back and coming back. And the Holy Spirit could touch a wound that is the root of that today or if you're here and you need a physical healing, you're going through a difficulty right now in your body, and you say, yeah, but I've been prayed for before. My family's praying for me, my group's praying for me. Let's keep praying. Please, if you need prayer for any reason at all, when we stand in just a moment at all of our campuses, I want you just to stand up and just step out and come to one of the leaders at the front and let us pray for you. And I have a real concern for uh, everyone at, the, at South Lake on the second level. I've just been really concerned that because it's a little farther, some people need prayer, but they don't come. And we designed it where you could come around to the side and come down the steps, or you could even go, if, you're, if you feel like it'd be easier, just go out the door, but don't leave, and then come down the steps and come back in the doors, come, but if you're, if you're on the second level, you need prayer, please come. Frisco, North Richland Hills, if you need prayer, as soon as we stand up, I mean, if you're sick, why not be prayed for? Why not be prayed for? If you're hurting, if your heart's been broken, why not be prayed for? So as soon as we stand, you just stand up and step out and come at all the campuses and let us pray for you. Holy Spirit, I pray you'll draw every person that needs to be healed today. In Jesus' name, amen.